Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, Prano. Hello, Andy. How you doing, bud? Hanging in there. How you doing? Doing all right. It's a uh, another rainy, overcast, crummy quality of life day out here in the nasty natty. Yeah. What's what's the temperature in Cincinnati right now? It's like low fifties. Okay, it's not too bad. The sun, though, has not been out since last Saturday. I'm talking zero sun. Quality of life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was telling somebody that I'm definitely going to need getaways to whether it's L.A. or some beach town on the East Coast every few months because my body is not used to just – Days upon days of over. You're about to become a Florida guy. You're about to become a guy who goes to Florida. No, I, I, I'd be more North or South Carolina. So it's way closer. Yeah. Like, like I don't but know about you. Like, like North, for me, North, Car- North and South Carolina still get decent weather until the spring, I feel like. No, that's what I'm saying. It's good weather. And, you know, what, yeah. what's a – I mean, it's not the closest, but, you know, a 10-hour car drive can put me on the beach – in some nice towns out there. I predict, I predict you're going to be like a Jacksonville fucking guy by, by next, next Christmas. No way. No. Like, way. I've decided to buy a house in uh, some crap town in Florida. I haven't been to Florida in a minute. I haven't been to Florida in a while myself. Florida is such a destination when you're on the East coast. Yeah, really is. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should go to Tampa and uh, knock on uh, the manager's door and say, yo, bro. What were you thinking? Yeah. Nice segue. I Solid. Try. I try. <laughs> this is episode 672. <laughs> We've been doing this for a minute. Let's get, let's get right into it. The, I mean, you saw the tweet I put out when, when another manager besides Dave Roberts makes a horrible pitching yeah. change in Major League Baseball. Like, the decision at this point has been almost universally criticized. No one from the, from the for like, I mean, the amount of current and former players who are trashing him while it happened, the general public, I mean, the analytics crowd, the whole thing, like no one really thinks it was a good move. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if like the deep, deep analytics People are like, yeah, that's right. You got to hit on soft 17. Sure. Um, we'll have to check in with Charlie Ryan on that one. But uh, I don't, I mean, I haven't seen anybody agree with it. So it's amazing that somebody could make a, such a universally hated decision and still kind of own it and like think he did the right thing. And But what's he said? I haven't followed that. He basically went with the third time through the lineup thing, 
which is just so incredibly dumb. It it really like that's the that's when the analytics thing just you're not taking I, I feel like the thing with the analytics, whether it be in sports, whether it be in like sports decision making, whether it be whatever, like you can find numbers that justify anything that you're gonna do. Sure. So while while his numbers might be significantly worse third time through the order, like I feel like you can show first of all, I can you hold I on know, a second? Can you hold on? Yeah. Or you keep talking. Just give me one second. I know for a fact that you can look at the guy they brought in's numbers in the playoffs alone and just say how bad he was. I mean, he gave up a run in his last, I believe, six um appearances. He gave up a run in seven of his nine playoff appearances. He was bad. Uh, so, so you know, looking at the numbers and saying, this is how Snell is going to be affected by going through the lineup a third time really doesn't make a difference if you don't have somebody to bring in who's better. Like, like Blake Snell could be, could, could have an eight, 800 batting average against his third time through the lineup. If the guy that you have to bring in is Andy, you should stick with Blake Snell. Like, like I just feel like you can find numbers to justify anything. And then of course, like people have done a deep dive on the analytics. He's actually better the third time through the lineup than he is the second time through the lineup. Um, you know, also he was just dealing. I mean, I know, I know you're a big uh, NFL network guy, so I don't know if that translates over to being a big MLB network guy. But they had Al Leiter in the MLB post game talking about he threw 147 pitches in a game for, in the World Series for the Mets. Like, you have to start living and dying by your best players. You, you look at the guy who basically got them to the World Series and got them to game six, Arazarena, who was incredible, who set records. I'm sure the analytics for him could prove that there are certain guys he shouldn't be in the lineup against and certain guys he should, but you would never do that. You'd never say, Oh, he, you know, he struggles against lefties that throw sliders and you would take him out. You'd be like, dude, the guys hit 10 home runs in the playoffs. We're going to play him. That's the same approach that you have to have when it's handling pitchers. There's nobody alive who thinks that was a good call. And it was very clearly just like a analytics call based on full seasons, 162 games, all that, which this isn't that this is, you have to play this game for lack of a better term in a bubble, right? Like this is separate from all those games you play all year. But not only that, do managers not understand this psychological effect? If Snell is just mowing down Dodgers hitters. They are saying to themselves, God, I don't want to face this guy again. I think the problem is these days is that there's this, you know, money ball and the analytics and, and whatever have taken over and there's baseball's an especially numbers driven game. So I think when you see a lot of these guys who have, little to no managerial experience at the big league level come in. They do it with an agreement that by signing up for this job, 
they're going to listen to the numbers. That seems to be what it is. Now, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a rumor Tony LaRusa might get hired by the White Sox. I saw that. I don't I feel like it's gonna be a different situation there where Tony LaRusa can can come in and say, look, I fucking manage the game. You wanna give me an analytics guy who I can go ask things? Great. Put him in my dugout and I'll ask him. But I feel like he's gonna have a an agreement that he doesn't have to listen to that or you know his he, he he's breaking some part of his contract where i feel like a lot of these young guys including the, both of the managers in the world series not that dave roberts is that young but he's certainly a first time manager or or you know a, he, he managed the padres for a hot minute i think yeah he did. um like a, a guy with little to no managerial experience just signs up and says yes i agree that i will do this I don't want to read it because I didn't. I, I should have asked permission, but a dirtball, whose name I'll leave out, uh, sent me a text exchange that he had with a guy who's currently inactive on the Tampa Bay Rays. He's in the he's in the Rays organization in some form or another, and this dirtball was trading messages with him, and he said, "It's a hundred percent." an analyst guy on the bench made that decision and that it's just, we're going to go with what the numbers say every single time. And, well, and, and that he doesn't agree with that, but that's just the way it is. Well, a, a few things in the analytics, obviously the analytics have overtaken all sports in particular baseball, but let's not forget. They only take you so far. I mean, Moneyball and Billy bean and the Oakland athletics are the prime example. Joe, remind me, how many World Series have they been to since he took over? Yeah, I think that's a, a little bit of a different issue. Um, I but think, it's not. How many World Series have they won? The answer is zero to both. But my, but, my point but is, the, it an, only the, takes the answer you so is far. The, the, the thing with the analytics is, yeah, exactly. But, you know, with Moneyball, the A's are using the analytics to find guys that fit their certain analytical standards and yet are undervalued. It, like the Oakland A's want Mookie Betts just as much as the Dodgers. The analytics say Mookie Betts is a great baseball player. The Oakland A's just refuse to pay him and sure. refuse. They, they just, so what they're doing is they're, they're using the analytics to not spend money. No. If, and I, and I understand if Billy that. Bean had an open purse, he, he could do a whole lot better. No, I, I understand that. I understand the reason that they do that is because they are financially handicapped. But my point is, you see Moneyball being played, in my opinion, by teams who aren't strapped, who don't have those financial constraints, because you see that Moneyball being played in the playoffs. Right. Like, like the, thought of, the thought of some analytic nerd making a decision, and like you have said, on this show many times, taking out momentum, taking out the sports psychology side of it. It makes absolutely no sense. How happy, and John Smoltz said this great during the broadcast, how happy are those players in the Dodgers when they realize they don't have to face a guy who has nine Ks on them through the first absolutely. couple times? Absolutely. And again, to me, it's just the analytics. You can find numbers in, in the analytics that can justify anything. Okay, Blake Snell's again third time through the order, or how he you know is against the. It seems like they're only looking at the analytics for their guy, 
What about the analytics for the other guy? Like there, it's just not possible to process all that stuff simultaneously because if they did, they would know Mookie Betts is trash against lefties and he's the guy that's coming up. And like you, you have to factor all these things in together. Also, there is, you know, you know, we talk about when you talk about analytics, you got to talk about sample size. What about what about how is Blake Snell the third time through the order in postseason elimination games? Because now you have yeah. clutch factor, momentum, all this stuff. And it's like they don't have that number because how many times has that happened? How many times has it happened that even if Blake Snell has pitched a third time through the order in a playoff elimination game, what about the guy that's he, that they're bringing in for him? How many times has he pitched in a playoff elimination game? Are they factoring in how many times the guys who are up for the Dodgers have seen the same guy? They're talking about Blake Snell third time through the order. How about the fact that this guy's pitched in every fucking World Series game? They've seen the guy that they're bringing in more often than they've seen Blake Snell in the World Series. Yeah. Well, it's just there's too many numbers. You just got to use it as a guide. And then you've got to like also use common sense. And there's no more proof of that than what happened. Every single person alive with common sense thinks it was the wrong decision. But from a broader perspective, it makes me really not like baseball. I'll be honest, because it's not just in Tampa. I have been frustrated with my hometown Reds the same way. Same way they do the analytics. You've seen it with the Dodgers. My point is, this is a, I would call it a problem within the sport. And if I'm watching a game, whether it's a team I care about or not, it it devalues the game, in my opinion. I I would go that far. It it devalues the actual emotion of the game. It's just like anything else. It's it's a pendulum, you know? Moneyball worked to some degree for the A's. Then every team said they're competing every year on a low budget. We have to get into that analytics game. And now it's, when does the pendulum swing back to going, okay, the analytics have helped us acquire guys for good value and helped us make certain decisions over 162 game regular season that like you play the numbers the whole time. But I've said that I said this before when we were talking about this. Everybody talks about the book, the book, the book, like blackjack. It's like, yes, if you if in the long run you go to a casino and you play blackjack by the book, first of all, you're still gonna lose. Second of all, you're yes, you're going to win more in the long term. But if you are smart, if you're counting cards and you have taken it to the next level, then you are ignoring the book at certain times when the information that you have personally justifies that. And that's how you, and that's literally the only way to win playing blackjack long-term is to have an edge over the numbers. Well, on the other side of things, look how Dave Roberts closed out from the job, from the Dodgers perspective. He left Urias in the game because he was pitching great. He didn't pull him. My point is in a way, he did what he normally does not do. He trusted the momentum. He trusted the guy who was pitching well, and he shut down the door and ended. Well, the he's game. he's been he's sick of hearing. He's sick of getting the Kevin Cash treatment 
every year for the past five years or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and, and rightfully so. And look how that played out. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Dave, Dave Roberts managed a spectacular World Series. But the one thing is, and we said it last year, I said it extensively about Dave Roberts last year. My biggest criticism of his managerial style last year was if you're in the World Series and you don't have a top five guys in your lineup that never change, then you don't know what you're doing. Like the idea that you have the talent to get to the World Series, but you're adjusting your lineup card every single day is reckless. And this year, he had a top six that essentially never changed. Now, he is saying that the numbers prove that. I would say that doing that every day makes the numbers work. Yeah. Sure. So it is, is the robot that is Dave Roberts learning? Is the AI become so advanced that the robots are now thinking for themselves? I don't know. But it was, it's certainly, he certainly did in this World Series from a pitching and a lineup perspective, corrected all the things that didn't, uh, you know, that hurt them the last couple of years. Now, here's the thing. Hopefully... Justin Turner didn't uh, didn't infect cancer survivor Dave Roberts because God forbid if Dave Roberts were to get sick and they replaced him with an actual competent manager, no one's beaten the Dodgers for a decade. So yeah. let's just hope Justin Turner didn't get cancer survivor Dave Roberts sick. Well, Dave didn't help his cause. Dave wasn't by sitting mask. next to him. Neither of them were in masks at that point. Unbelievable. Uh, Justin Turner thing. There's a lot to cover here from what he actually did to possible major league baseball cover-ups. I mean, this is deep. Wouldn't you agree? Like this is a heavy, real deep topic because. Yeah. Major league baseball fucked up first. Like they find out in the latter part of the game that he is positive for COVID. Right. That's that's fishy to me. And the inconclusive, and they they pull him right after the Dodgers take a lead, right after his at bat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, no, Major League Baseball is a dumpster fire. Rob Manfred got, deserves all the booze he got, and it uh, sounds like Rob Manfred already has COVID. I mean, that that dude was like, was he actually alive when he was giving that speech? After he sounded he, horrible. He sounded intoxicated. Yeah. Maybe he found out about the Justin Turner news and just chugged a case of beer. Um, well, but there's a lot of a lot of issues with this, from Major League Baseball's handling it to the bubble situation. Now there's fans in the bubble. Now there's families in the bubble. All this thing. It just seems like like so many people in our country. It just they saw the light at the end of the tunnel and they got relaxed. And and also, you know, we're talking about. You can put it on Major League Baseball. How does Justin Turner get it in the first place? Aren't you supposed to be whatever? But if Justin Turner's as reckless every day as he was post-game, I can totally see how he got it. Probably went to fucking Chipotle. <laughs> Listen, let me just say this Come before away. we get let me get let's let me just say this before we get too deep down this rabbit hole. Justin Turner was, 
And I say it was because it's no longer true. The only Dodger I liked. Yeah. The like only guy I rooted for. I was so happy for Justin Turner. I, the only thing that made me want the Dodgers to win was Justin Turner. He was a great Met. He was awesome for us. Played every position we could have asked him to. He did everything he needed to do. We, got, we released him anyway. He went on. He proved the Mets wrong. He, he's the heart and soul of this Dodgers team for fucking seven seasons or however long he's been there. And I was rooting for him. And now he can go fuck himself. Now I officially like no Dodgers. Well, look, there's a lot here. Obviously, we touched on it briefly. The conspiracies of baseball covering up as positive test. Baseball knowing if the Dodgers lose this game, there's major ramifications. Sure. And them not wanting to postpone a World Series game and them not sure. wanting let's 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 just cover that with a giant blanket that is Major League Baseball is as shitty as they've always been. Rob Manford tried to ruin this season before it started. The idea that the idea that baseball covered this up and tried to like, you know, save face got lax with the bubble, got lax with testing, let the game happen even though they knew somebody was maybe positive. Yeah, Major League Baseball fucking sucks. I I feel like we've covered that plenty on the show. Yeah. Yeah, so we can get right to Justin Turner in particular. Um, Garbage person. Look, obviously, I'm very biased dealing with what I've been through myself, my family. Um, But Andy, I said this to you before the show. I feel like if you're biased, I'm biased. If I'm biased, anybody who listens to the show who has a soul is biased. Because you're, like, anybody who listens to the show with regularity knows somebody who lost somebody to somebody else's reckless behavior handling COVID. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. I'm not going to lie. It's really tough for me. Um, I'm not going to get angry and, and, and I'll just be honest to all the listeners. Like it, it's tough for me when I see people not wearing masks when they should. Uh, but you know. Justin Turner wants to be in the World Series picture. How will anybody know I won the World Series unless I'm in the World Series picture? Guess what, Justin Turner? Put your world champion jersey on and your world champion hat on and sit in your isolation booth and I'll send somebody in there to take a picture of you. And then I'll have Jay Lloyd put you, Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and Kobe in the World Series picture. Yeah, look, I understand the human element. That's why I'm like, I'm trying to understand like, and have empathy. Like, I understand you want a World Series. You want to be with your teammates. Like, I'm not denying that um, as far as what I try to say, what would I do in this position? Um, well, I'll tell you what I'd do, Andy. I have a fucking three-month-old nephew that I haven't seen. My sister has her first child. The only girl in our family has the first, has her first child, and I have not seen that child because I don't want to infect that child. And I am not sick. Sure. Yeah, look. I, Justin Turner is a fucking asshole. Well, I, I think he, you know, he obviously wasn't thinking right and He's extremely he self- told not to leave isolation. Yeah. No, I know. And he was extremely selfish. And But Andy, he was around the team the whole day. Let me ask you something for all the stupid people who want to use all the devil's advocate things. How many people do you think on the Dodgers, how many people do you think Justin Turner hugs 
on a typical baseball day? One, zero? How many do you think he hugs after you win the World Series? A lot. Yeah. God forbid something happens to, again, I'm saying this as a Dodger hater. God forbid something happens to cancer survivor Dave Roberts, and we have to deal with a Dodgers dynasty because they get a competent manager. God forbid the only reason the Dodgers are competitive is because they got a new ownership group. God forbid somebody goes and gets one of the owners who has HIV, the face of their ownership group, sick. And I'll tell you one thing, and this is completely serious. I really hope no asshole who has an, you know, we're not sure whether or not he's sick or not yet, an inconclusive COVID test goes and brings Vin Scully a World Series hat. Don't you fucking dare bring Vin Scully a World Series hat with your inconclusive tests. People just don't consider the fact that this isn't about them and the 25 guys that they've been around for six months and they're all 20-something and healthy. If yeah, Justin I, Turner gets somebody sick who gets Vin Scully sick, I'll put Justin Turner in the ground. Yeah, I, well, I think that's the point again. It, it's no different than where it's been for the last seven, eight months. It, it's not about the healthy Dodgers and the, the young prowess of professional athletes. It's about who it can spread to. And I think that's important for people to remember in, in all these things. And this, this virus, look, guys, at the end of the day, the entire world shut down. And did I have my questions at first on this? Of course. You can go back. You can listen to any episodes that I was doing at the beginning of this. I didn't think it was a big deal, but I changed. I, th- I think it's important for some people to change. It's, they don't shut down an entire world unless this is serious. And, I mean, and, France and, is closed again. France is closed. There's a closed sign on France. So, uh, you know, once again, the, the, these are unprecedented times, like you've joked about, but it's the truth. This notion that it's not real. I don't know if I've said this on the show, Joe, but I'll say it. Um, and it's, you know, it's real personal for me. Uh, after my father passed away, the doctor said to my brothers and I, of all the things he's seen, all the diseases, all the cancers, you name it, he's never seen anything like COVID, what it does to the body. Those were his words verbatim right after my dad died. I've never seen anything like COVID as far as how it destroys the body. This is coming from a doctor. So look guys, I'm just saying be smart, be safe. And, and for Justin Turner, wear a mask when you have to. Be smart. And, and I agree with Joe. Like, like for him to do that is just so blatantly selfish. It's, and, it's, and it's also it's, it's selfish on another level too. You know, I was watching Saturday Night Live with my girlfriend. And then at the end of the show, everybody's got a mask on when they say goodnight. And she's like, they all just didn't have masks on the show. Why are they having it now? And I'm like, it's really... It's not about like the optics that people are talking about, but it's just kind of being like, hey, just a reminder, fucking wear your mask. It's like people keep arguing, oh, Donald Trump says it's a hoax. Donald Trump doesn't believe it. Donald Trump, whatever. And, and he's going, I, you know, of course, I take it very seriously. I had it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you never have a mask on. 
Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, maybe you're well aware, just like Justin Turner is, that you're the president of the United States and, you know, you can become a full socialist when you need to and go to a hospital and get all the best free care via the government and survive. So it's not an effect. It's not going to affect you. But what about the people who look up to you and no, no one should think about that more than a major league baseball player. I mean, the amount of things that I did growing up because my favorite major league baseball player did them wearing fucking flip up sunglasses, wearing a certain glove, wearing a, my hat a certain way, wearing a wristband. Every single decision I made as a kid was based on my favorite athletes. And there's a kid out there who now thinks that this is not a big deal because Justin Turner told him it is not a big deal. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. And like you said, I know, look, I know it sucks, but you have to do the right responsible thing here. It's like you said about your family, you, you know, you can't see your sister or a child because you're doing the smart thing. It's like a few weeks ago when I first got here, I was pretty sure it was allergies, but my brother had invited me over for dinner and I called him. I said, look, man, the last 24 hours, I've had a big time runny nose. I'm sneezing a lot. I'm pretty sure it's allergies, but I just want to let you know, if you don't feel comfortable with me coming over to have dinner with your family, I respect that. Now, Joe, I could have just been a dick, right? And just gone over there. Because you want a picture with your family. How would, would it, you need a picture? I mean, it, it, it's, look, there's Garden no other way around looking, it. motherfucker. The, the, there's no other way around it as far as the selfish act. And, and like I said, I, I do still understand it's, I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision because you don't know if you're going to win another world series, but. But what, but, uh, but the thing is, is what part of it? Like, I honestly, I understand the whole, you won the world series thing. The it's again, the optics of it in terms of going out on the field, like what did he, what part of that did he need that he wasn't going to get in the near future regardless. Like what, like the picture, that's it. The picture, right? Probably. I mean, we're not talking about, he wants to celebrate with his team with celebrate with his, clearly we're not doing champagne spraying on each other in times of COVID, you know, he can talk to his Guys, he can celebrate with his guys. He can get high fives and handshakes. Like, what was it they needed? We're not doing a parade. What was this? What was this like? He just won his first World Series. It it would be unfair for him not to what get the T-shirt. I don't understand what it is. Well, I, look, I I think at the end of the day, whether it's Justin Turner or anyone else who takes this lightly they haven't been impacted personally and they haven't seen it. And, and, and from somebody who's spent a lot of time in the COVID ward of a hospital, whether it's with my father or seeing other people as you walk by, it's awful. It, it's the worst. It's heartbreaking. It makes you cry. It's absolutely awful. There's no other way around it. And I think if Justin Turner had maybe experienced some of those things, he wouldn't have done that or someone else. And, and I think that's just a message that I want to say to people is, look, we all want to get lax at times. We're all over this. I, I, I get it. But there's still a long way to go. 
Yeah, and I mean, the, look, the idea, the idea of over it, yeah, is when was when were we not over it? I mean, we're going back to the two week quarantine, the month quarantine. That was in March. Yeah. I mean, and, and and look, I get the whole professional thing too. It's like, dude, I'm a fucking comedian. You're a comedian. Like, we we can't work at all. The idea that the idea that we were that somebody would be able to get us back to work and then we would like I would get to do a show and then I would get to make my money and I would get to do what I've you know spent my life learning to do and trying to do and do it and successfully achieve it and walk off the stage and feel great about it but then I got to be able to have beers with people after the show man I mean like if I can't soak up my win and I can't, then what am I doing here, man? I got to take some pictures with some dirt balls. Kiss me, guys. Hug me. Like, the idea that, like, Justin Turner doesn't get satisfaction from winning a World Series. He also needs to take a picture and hug a couple dudes who he spends every day with. It just is like, dude, you're thinking totally of yourself. Yeah. And, like, you couldn't be more selfish. Sure. Look, I, look, I get it, and, and you make a great point. I, I know when you do comedy shows, the thing you enjoy probably most is having a cold Miller Lite with the dirt balls after the show. There it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing feels better than say, hey, man, hearing, hey, man, let me buy you a Miller Lite. Right? Nothing's better. Oh, I know. I know, I know that's like your favorite thing after the shows is when dirt balls come up and they're like, hey, Prano. Can I get you a cold Miller Lite? And Joe, you know, eventually we'll be back there. We will. We'll be back there. You'll be drinking some cold Miller Lights with the listeners. But as of now, you've been handling that mostly by yourself at your new location, correct? Correct. I'm sitting, I'm sitting an arm's length from a Miller Lite mini fridge full of bottles and cans of the greatest Pilsner on planet Earth. Miller Lite, great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. However you and your friends are enjoying Miller time, you can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Dirt Balls, if you want to Stay warm inside, like what I'm dealing with of this, this Midwest quality of life weather. Don't even leave your house. Just go to MillerLife.com forward slash dirty sports. Have it delivered to you today, and you can relax in the friendly confines of your home with your friends and your family. Joe, before we move on, I have to bring up the Ruther curse. Oh, yeah. Strong these days. And, and, and we got a, a great tweet from our boy Emiliano, who is a, a local SoCal kid. And I got to meet him a few years ago, actually at a Dodgers-Reds game. Uh, and he made a great point. The minute I leave Los Angeles, Dodgers win a title. Yeah. It, it, it's Dodgers win a title and Lakers win a title. That's a good point. Yeah, I never thought about that. Both of them. Literally, the city that you were in, the second you leave, it's just racking up championships. It's got two professional sports championships since you left town like 17 days ago. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, now, I mean, it really is. It's 17 days ago. That's crazy. The, the question is, what is it? How will the Ruther curse affect the football teams in town? Because you're technically a Rams fan. So they looked great on Monday. Right. But now is the Ruther curse help or hurt the Rams? And then you're also a Chargers fan. You're a former Chargers season ticket holder. Although no, I'm, you never a, I'm a current, I'm a current. Your current. I still own holder. though. I still own the seat license for those Chargers tickets. So, does that help or hurt the Chargers? Herbert's winning Rookie of the Year. Well, the, not, not anymore. He's not. <laughs> no, I'm saying if 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 the reverse curse because I left. Right, but but my point is, does the curse care that you left but you still root for these teams? That's like a great I think point. the I think the curse still hurts them. I think. The teams that I you, rooted for the Lakers to win it all. Sure, but you aren't. A, you're not a Lakers. Actually, you're kind of as of of all the LA, of all the basketball teams. I'd say you're probably a Lakers fan most. I mean, I followed them. I followed the Lakers now for 13, 14 years. Yeah. Well, this could be good news for the Rams then. Yeah, the defense really stepped it up. I do want to share what I posted on Twitter, cleaning out my old bedroom. I found my two ticket stubs from the 1990 World Series. Pretty cool. And I was right. The tickets were $40 against the Oakland Athletics. And then I found, which is I think is even cooler. I know you love that. The 1994 World Series that never happened because of the strike. I have an official World Series baseball that my dad gave me. Yeah. That was, that's pretty cool. So I remember what happened. He that was, won- that's like that's like the you know Tampa Bay's World Series T-shirts that they're sending to like Somalia right now for the kids to wear. Sure, but I think like, it's even cooler because it never even happened. Yeah, yeah, they just were out there. That's awesome that your dad was like, "I'm going to pick one of these up." Well, no, I I know what happened. He won it. Something they would do stuff at work sometimes or whatever. Yeah. And I, I believe at the time he was working for Prudential. And he won it, and he brought it home. And I remember him saying, I have a 1994 World Series ball. And I was like, what? It never happened, Dad. He's like, I know. That's why this is a collector's item, and I'm going to give it to you. And uh, it's in one of those ball cases. So shout out to Walt. You know, still, still here, still finding some, some great nugs, Walt-related. And, and I even found a, a newspaper cutout of him roasting me when I graduated high school, I was like, what? <laughs> like, it never ends. He roasted you in the newspaper? No, it was, like, it was like a cartoon cutout. And basically, it was showing, you know, it's one of those things that they do in, what do they even call? You know, like in the papers where it's like a, a comment, a political or social comment. And my dad labeled himself and my mom and then me. And I was the graduate who... It was basically, I can't really describe it. You'd have to see the picture. I'll send it to you off air. But it's basically, my dad's like, hey, you graduated high school. Congrats. I cut this out and labeled, it said something about like, my parents are, they, they look defeated, the people in the picture that their kid graduated. And the kid's future is basically on welfare. And that was supposed to be me. Roasted. I mean, savage, right? Yeah. But I don't know, Prano. I think I might be able to put together a nice little collection of uh, stuff for the uh, the new setup here. I love it. Maybe we'll deem it the uh, Walt Ruther Memorial Studio. Yeah, yeah. 
live from Wall Street. <laughs> so we obviously discussed a lot about Justin Turner concerning the COVID stuff. The COVID stuff is still prevalent for the NBA for next season. The Raptors still cannot play in Canada. And right. I mean, the truth, you know, here we are. It's November 1st on Sunday. They might start the season by Christmas, possibly. It doesn't look like that'll change. My question to you, where should the Toronto Raptors play if they have to play in the United States? To me, it's a no-brainer. Moving to Syracuse, Carrier Dome, great basketball history up there. Great basketball fans up there. You know, put, put, them, in, uh, put them in Syracuse's court. I haven't really seen that, but I like it. I've yeah, seen I mean, well, 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 you know, the baseball thing is, you know, obviously sort of the, 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 the sister city across the border is, is Buffalo for, for Toronto. I'm sure Buffalo has, uh, you know, I'm sure the Buffalo, um, you know, the University of Buffalo has a thing. I'm sure the Buffalo Sabres play in a, an arena. So, they could do that route just like the uh, the Blue Jays did, but it's like Buffalo just gets to become this like new Toronto for sports. I say, give it to a place that has some basketball culture at least. It's not that much farther. But this is what I, I think they're trying to do it in a town that loves, and I know Seacrest obviously supports their team, but like I see a big push is being made by Louisville. Because they have a state-of-the-art, it's only, what, like five or six years old. It's basically an NBA arena where right. they play. And obviously, basketball is so big in that state. I've seen Louisville's made a big push. And I now, are they, are they doing basically like an expansion test? Is that the theory? There's also that theory. That's why Kansas City is making a big push as well. Because obviously, the NBA has been talking about Vegas forever. The sure. NBA is the first thing that put Vegas on the – on the map in terms of sports, they had the all-star game there that, that got the ball rolling on all the other stuff. Um, but obviously that would be like a Western thing and they're in the Eastern conference. So you can't really do that. Um, I guess if you're doing it as an expansion thing, a Louisville, like if you're going to do Kansas city, you may as well do Vegas. Well, Louisville has been talked for years as far as a possible NBA team. Cause like I said, basketball is just so big down there. Right. Um, and they already have a facility. I Kansas, still, I, I like, I like Syracuse. That's, but, but I'm, that's not considering it. Obviously they're not, the NBA is not expanding to Syracuse. Yeah. And you also have obviously a big venue for social distancing. If you're going to do it in the carrier dome. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think, you, you know, where are we at? You know, it's like I said, it's almost November. Do you like the idea of them trying to start, Christmas, or do you think they should wait? From what I've seen, it's Christmas or possibly Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which would be like the second, third week of January. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably more realistic. I mean, obviously, we've been saying for years, especially on this show, that Christmas is the unofficial start to basketball season. And uh, there's been talk pre-COVID that like moving the start of NBA season to Christmas just makes sense. You yeah. skip, you skip through the baseball, you skip through the start of football, you put it, you put it 
toward the end of football where you're only competing with the NFL for a couple of weeks and you're still done before football comes back in September. Um, so I, I love the Christmas idea, but I mean, the season just ended the idea of these guys. I think you got to talk to the players, you know, yeah. this, this, this should be a question for 20, the 25 best players in the NBA and a, and a small survey uh, or, or the 25 longest vets in the league or whatever the case may be, pick, pick a small circle of trusted guys who have been around for a while and say, Hey, how does this affect you? If we come back now versus then, I, I think January is more realistic. Martin Luther King day is always a big NBA day as is it's Monday and they play a lot of day basketball games that day. So it holds similar weight. Um, I think in any other given year, Christmas is a no brainer to me. Uh, just give it a couple more weeks. Yeah. But no. I, look, it, it ask LeBron, whatever LeBron says. Well, I, I agree. I think maybe give him some more time. Um, we've had a lot of sports. Let's not forget all like we've had a lot of sports in the last few months. We didn't have any for months. And now we've just been inundated with nonstop. And doing it again and bringing back the start of NBA season at the end of football season during the playoffs. It's like, why go Christmas when you can just have the littlest bit of carryover? I mean, the first couple of weeks of the NBA are usually pretty slow. So let the NBA get their first couple of warm up weeks post COVID, you know, or post the full COVID bubble season yeah. out of the way. And then as football ends, they'll be, they'll be ready to go. Okay. Here's a, here's a good question for you, Joe. Will, because I know they're saying it's going to take a while to figure out after this election unfolds with all the absentee ballots and vote by mail, will there be an official president, as in we know who won before the start of the NBA season? Oh, NBA season, no. I was going to say before the next NBA champion is crowned. Uh, No. You you were still going to say no on the NBA champion. Yeah, I mean, I was joking a little bit, but I I think – I mean, every single thing I know about, I mean, honestly, I guess that kind of depends on who wins. Um, I think, and, and you know me in terms of political, I'm certainly not a Democrat nor a Republican. So take everything that I say, like, I'm not criticizing one side over the other, but I just think if, if Biden loses, Biden loses, if Trump, if Trump loses, He's going to fight it until armed military members drag him out of the White House. Yeah, well, well, I tend to agree with you there that Trump would put up more of a fight um, if he lost. I mean, his his brand is if he doesn't like it, it's fake. So yeah. the idea the idea that he doesn't stall for five months being like fake, no things fake, mail's <laughs> fake, mail's fake, ballot boxes are fake. People are fake. I've seen people. I saw, I saw a fake person walking the streets, cast a vote for Biden. It's all fake. It's fake news. It's fake reality at this point. Does the phrase fake reality make no sense whatsoever? Of course. Of course it does. But look, that's what it is. It's fake reality. The only thing that's real is the thing that New York Post writes. And I think we could all agree that there's no more trusted news source in the world than the New York Post. What is your plan election day? And I know I've texted you, but 
look, there. This is a reality. I'm golfing with Tug Coker. I know, but I mean, like at night, this is a reality that uh, I don't know if you see it. Or you sent me the thing about Santa Monica PD is already prepared. I saw they're shutting down starting this weekend. Rodeo, Rodeo Drive, Beverly Hills is going to be on lockdown for possible unrest. Is there some concerns for you? Not really. Uh, if I was in Venice still, maybe. Um, my, my neighborhood, my new neighborhood is pretty secluded. Pretty, uh, I feel like it's a world all of its own. I was going to um, say, you're in a good area. Fortified compound outside uh, of Los Angeles, California. I, I um, would feel safe where you're at. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, we, you and I talked about it. I think it's going to be bad news regardless of who wins. I think, uh, I think, I think the streets are going to be. I mean, look, it, it was a little wilder the other night after the Dodgers won. Uh, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, regardless of how this ends up, is going to be very good for anybody. Um, I think if Trump wins, it'll be very similar to the post George Floyd protest vibe. And I think if Trump wins. Um, oh, a lot boy. of guys, a lot of guys who, or I, I should say if, if Trump wins, it's going to be a lot like the George Floyd thing. A lot, I think a lot of those same people are going to come out angrily, uh, protesting things. And I think if Biden wins, a lot of guys who, um, bought AR-15s because, you know, the cheerleaders made fun of their dick size or whatever, are going to go protect Republican governors and the president and try to fight people that try to make them leave their 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 election their you know presidential palaces by the way on a side note you mentioned venice uh venice got some serious uh airtime on the joe rogan matthew mcconaughey podcast oh really not serious but rogan had a had a fair amount of few things to say about venice and videos he had seen recently. And I know, I know for a fact, it was basically the video you and I posted two months ago. I'm not saying it was that video, but it was that same area in Penmar golf course. Cause he was telling McConaughey, he's like, I got this video that my friend sent me. He goes, it's like a mile long in Venice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Encampments. And he was going on and on talking about Venice. And I wanted to be like, Rogan, Joe and I have been talking about Joe Prano and I have been talking about this yeah. for, for for years. Matthew McConaughey is like, let me see the video. And he's like, All right, look at these tents. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. It just keeps going. All right. Another tent. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Just keep living, man. Just keep living. I do like him a lot, I will say. And then that McConaughey. That, that podcast made me like him even much, like that much more. I yeah, got nice little, nice little, uh, nice little cream filling between the shit sandwich of Kanye and Alex Jones, huh? And for for Joe Rogan. Oh, he had Alex Jones on again. Yeah, with Tim Dillon. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I didn't see that, and I haven't listened to the Kanye one. I I saw a Kanye lot of Kanye one is mind-blowingly dumb at, at times. Yeah, I, I mean, I, Ro, Ro, there's there's 25 minute chunks where Rogan just goes like, so yeah, what about? And then Kanye's on some other trip for 25 minutes. I, I'm like, Did, is Joe Rogan taking a shit? Where is he? <laughs> I mean, at one point, Kanye alludes to Brandon and Bruce Lee being murdered by the government, 
and Joe Rogan doesn't say anything for a half an hour. And then he's like, what, what's the deal with that Bruce Lee thing? <laughs> and you're like, dude, he's now, he's, he's long gone. Now he's talking about organic farming. And you're going back to the Bruce Lee thing. Unbelievable. Well, Joe, we do have our week eight NFL picks. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> and as always, our weekly NFL picks are brought to you by our friends at Game Theory Picks, who provide sports betting advice at an affordable price. Subscription options include weekly, monthly, and yearly. Since sports have made the return on July 20th, a $50 per play bettors have profited $600 by following game theory picks guys if you want to make the right picks just do this right now go to gametheorypicks.com and use promo code dirty this will help you receive your first month of game theory picks for just 40 dollars. and game theory picks is not just going to cover football it's going to cover all the other sports going on for the whole thing just 40 dollars, joe use promo yeah. code dirty I love our I love our friends at Game Theory Picks. I uh, I used some Game Theory Picks this past weekend and uh, made a couple bucks. I sadly I watched Game Four of the World Series with Chris Wilde at his place, and I, uh, I I brought over some pre-made tiki drinks, and I woke up so hungover on Sunday morning I couldn't get my Instagram picks in, and I felt terrible because I took a couple Prano picks, parlayed them with a Game Theory pick. And I made some dough, and I didn't give it to our to our fans. So, wow. so follow Game Theory Picks. Sign up for Game Theory Picks. Use their promo code. Follow me on Instagram. T- together, those things will make you some money. Yeah, just go to GameTheoryPicks.com and use promo code Dirty to get your first month for just forty dollars. Okay, before we hop into the games, we do have some news. Okay, they have announced. The Super Bowl will be limited to 20% of the fans. This year's Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay. Any thoughts? Any – you're just like, well, it's expected. Yeah, I mean uh, – and, and, and real quick, Justin Turner will not be allowed because masks will be enforced. Uh, I, at this point, just because there's a rule in place, does that – are we sure that means Justin Turner is not going to do it? I mean yeah, – Good point. Justin Turner was told to stay in isolation. I'm pretty sure Justin Turner might be playing in the Super Bowl. Hey, 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 real quick about that. Could they not physically just say, dude, you're not going anywhere. Like, this is a health concern. Like, is that stupid? That's one of the criticisms of Major League Baseball in this situation. But I guess the thing is, like, who and, – and this speaks to Justin Turner's unreasonableness – but who thinks in their right mind that somebody has gotten a positive COVID test, a, a second one in a day, basically, and they need an armed guard to not go hugging people? Yeah, that's a good point. That, that's, just, that's just saying, like, Major League Baseball, did you not think that there was a chance that Justin Turner was one of the most selfish piece of shit assholes that has ever walked the face of earth like uh we actually didn't consider that we thought when we told him he had covid he wouldn't kiss his wife on the mouth and put his arm around a cancer survivor but we were you know sorry we didn't factor in that he's a giant asshole yeah well 
Yeah, I guess, I guess you, you, you make the point there. So I, I, I might have even seen something. I don't know if this is true. 20% capacity and then some sort of bubbles. I don't know how they would do that in the stands. Yeah. Uh, I guess there would be like pods and you have to come with your friends. It's just, to me, it's like of all the, of all the Super Bowls to go to, like this is the one you want to go to. You want to go to the 20% weird Super Bowl. I, I agree. Well, well, well that's, a, that's how I feel right now about games. Like, like there's a very limited capacity at the Bengals games. And I always laugh because like the one win Bengals is not the event I'm going to. And by the way, I, I would feel comfortable going. Um, I'm not saying that people are really risking it, but there's more of a chance that you are risking getting a virus to watch the Bengals. Do you see my point? Like, yeah. like I do kind of chuckle inside when I see these games and say, wait, you're, you're willing to risk COVID for the Bengals, for the, Bengals, for the yeah. Jags, like some of these teams you're like, I yeah, like I told, I totally good. understood Dodgers fans and and Tampa fans being there for the World Series, sure. and I understand, and I understand, you know, fans of the teams that make the Super Bowl wanting to go, but I'm also kind of at the point where like, you're a Dodgers fan, you've been to the last three out of four World Series, you're gonna fly to Texas during a pandemic and go to a baseball game, like. It, it kind of makes more sense for the Rays. Like it, to me, it's the same thing as like, okay, it's in Tampa. The Bucks make it, maybe. But like, if you're the Chiefs, if you're a Chiefs fan, are you going to a Super Bowl? You you just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. It it really is an interesting question of like, who really wants to see these events? Honestly, I think who it is in those situations are like value shoppers slash hoaxers who are like i don't believe in it anyway so now i just get to go to the world series for cheap yeah i i think i definitely see the that i mean you could be right on the hoaxers i think i definitely see the value shopper thing of people thinking that well the Bengals did trade carlos dunlap this week uh it's been all over the the local news and i as someone who cares more about the seahawks i like that move now he's in his 11th year and he's had a great career. He's got like 85 plus sacks or something. Their defense sucks. It's a pass rusher who has experience. Yeah. He's but he, you know, he basically forced his way out of town. He's I love sending, it. sending shit tweets and just being kind of a general. He also hasn't been that good. Like, yeah, he's a vet, but like he hasn't been good for the Bengals. Lately. Well, he, he hasn't been playing and, and, right. and look, for anybody who wants to not look, if I had to play for the Bengals organization for eleven years, um, I'd be angry too. But I think I think in terms of the Seahawks, every addition to the defense is a good addition to the defense. I agree. He's not making them worse. I saw I saw a stat there. You want to hear the stat on the Seahawks defense? Yeah, they are on pace to shatter the record for most yards per game in a season, which was held by the Saints. I forget which year, but sometime in the last like seven or eight years. Like, like this, is, this is how bad they are. Yeah. All-time most yards per game. I, th- I think they're giving up like 480 yards a game. 
Yikes. All right, well, let's get to yeah. tonight's game. They got to control that ball on offense a little bit more. Let the running backs cook. Keep their defense off the field. <laughs> Don't you dare take a dig at my boy. Mr. I didn't take, I didn't take, a, I didn't take a dig at your boy. I'm taking, taking a dig at the let Russ cook crowd who are some of my favorite. Well, they did do a 180, sports. by the way. I don't know if you did you see that stat on Sunday Night Football? It's crazy. The Seahawks ran the ball the most on first down last year. Now they throw it the most. Like they have just done. Where I, I definitely agree with you more. We can find a happy middle. We, you know, it's like the political spectrum. You don't got to go far one way, you don't go far that way. Let's find the happy balance. All right, well, tonight's game start off with the NFC South, Joe. We have the Panthers and Falcons. Yes. And let's see here. I'm sorry. It's in Carolina. Hold on, let me pull up the spread. Uh, it's in Carolina, and the Panthers are, let's see here. They are, ooh, it's dropped. Or no, it's, it's increased. It opened at one and a half. The Panthers are currently two and a half point favorites. Mm, two and a half. I'm going to still go with the Panthers. Um, I was, I, I was going to say, when you said it dropped, if it had swung to the uh, Falcons, I definitely would have gone to the Panthers. I think the Panthers win this game. I think the Falcons could win this game. It's Thursday night football. Anything can happen. Um, but the Panthers played a tough game against the uh, – Saints last week, and um, yeah, I like the Panthers in this game. I like the Panthers, and I like I like what their new coach is doing. I like Teddy Bridgewater. Christian McCaffrey is not going to be playing. They've done all this without Christian McCaffrey, and uh, yeah, I like him a lot. And Joe, I'm also excited tonight because while we'll be watching the game, you and I will be back on the Stakes app playing their new combos. That's right. Combos, which they're they're essentially little parlays. Oh yeah, and 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 we we got real into stakes during the NBA playoffs. Yeah, and now we got a little Thursday night football. Like the, Thursday night football is the is perfect for stakes. Oh, it's perfect. And as a quick reminder for all the dirt balls, or if you're new, stakes is a free new app that takes game time to another level. You simply answer questions in the stakes app about today's games or tonight's games and you can win real cash it's sort of like hq trivia meets sports meets your group chat and the best part is that it's totally free to download and free to play create your own private groups and you can play against friends that's s-t-a-k-e-s and uh why don't we go through a couple of these questions on on their new combos platform which i love and uh Again, these are on the app, so we have our own group chat. You can, if you if you download the Stakes app, simply go join our group chat. After you download, enter group code Dirty, and you're in, and you can compete with us along with other dirt balls. Plus, Stakes is offering private group members special game perks to increase your chances of winning free cash. Stakes is currently only available for iPhones and iPad. Play for free, no credit card or purchase necessary. That's Stakes S T A. K-E-S, in the App Store. Okay, this is great. I love this. So, again, these combos questions will be in our Dirtball group chat. Joe, let's go over some of these. Okay, so I'm looking at my phone. The first question they have for tonight's Falcons-Panthers game, 
Who's going to win this battle between Atlanta and Carolina? I think we both just said Panthers, correct? Yep, yep. So I'm marking that down. Okay, this is a good one. The Falcons have a great problem on their hands. They've got two stud wide receivers in Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, but unfortunately, there's only one ball in the football field. Who's going to have the most receptions tonight? Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley or a tie? I like Calvin Ridley in yards, but I like Julio in receptions. So I've, I've, I've selected Julio. Okay. I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley or tie. All right. How about this one? Who will be the first to either throw a pick or fumble the ball tonight? Falcons, Panthers, or no turnovers? Well, if you pick no turnovers, you're reckless. Yeah. You're the, you're the, you're the Justin Turner of stakes users. I'm going gonna, gonna to say the Falcons. Okay. I was going to say Falcons as well. And the last question for tonight's game, amazingly, after playing seven games apiece this season, both the Falcons and Panthers have rushed for exactly 738 yards. So after tonight, who will have the most rushing yards this year? I am going to say Panthers. I'm going to say Panthers too. If we think the Panthers are going to win, I think they've got to run the ball. Yeah. So once again, guys, just download the stakes app from the – from the app store and enter code dirty and you're in and you can play these great combos and they have them for some of the college games tonight, some of the soccer matches that are happening. So go ahead and do that now. Okay. Moving right along the Patriots and the bills, the bills are three and a half point favorites. This game is in Buffalo. It seems like a low spread to me. So so give me the number again, three and a half. Who you got? Man, you know, you know, my heart says that the Bills win, but are the Patriots going to continue to play at such a bad level? I think it's a trap. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Three and a half is the spread? Yeah, and it's in Buffalo. Yeah, I I'm, I'm, I'm sort of with you. It's like, do the Patriots slide – that far, I could see. I could just see it being a close game. I'm going to say the Patriots as well. Okay. The Titans host the Bengals at home. The Titans – I'm sorry, it's in Cincinnati. Excuse me. The Bengals are five-and-a-half-point dogs at home against the Titans. You know I love Joey Backdoor, but I, I'm going with the Titans on a bounce-back game after losing to the Steelers. I think the uh, – I think the Titans defense, I, I don't think, I think the Titans defense and I think Vrabel is smart enough where the strategy of let's throw the ball 60 times is not a, is not a strategy that's going to work against the Titans team. Couldn't agree more. I think Burrow's going to struggle. It's going to take some rookie lumps this week. And I believe the Titans are going to win and win big. All right. The Raiders travel to the Browns. The Raiders. Yo fool. This game, this is like a prob- the problem child bold. The Browns the Ra- are two- – The Raiders and the Browns. The Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites, Prano. This In really, Cleveland? This, yeah, this really is a tough game. In Cleveland. Two-and-a-half, I think it, that, that's, what they've, that's what they've dropped home field advantage to, right? Two-and-a-half? Yeah. Oh, man, this is a tough one. 
Raiders looked okay last week, but couldn't finish. Yeah. Everybody's now on the Browns jock because of how Baker played last week. I'm going with the Raiders. I like it. I mean, there's, you know, death, taxes, and the Browns letting you down when you think they've turned the corner. Exactly. Do the Browns start six and two? I don't. I do not think they do. No. No. I'm gonna no. Go the Raiders. No way. Might be a. This might be a pick for me this week. Yeah. The Raiders money line. I I like it. I'm gonna go with the Raiders as well. All right. Indy travels to Detroit. Indy coming off a bye. By the way, Andy, you know you have you have multiple teams you have multiple teams within even some certain divisions you basically root for the nfc west you <laughs> you're like nfc west greater than everybody you're like low-key still have some you know browns or bengals uh love we know it's deep in your heart um i think the raiders are my second team like a- an afc team in vegas like I like the Raiders. I want to be a Raiders fan. Joe, look, you've always had this thing since we started this show seven years ago. I love Derek Carr. You know that about me. You like, you like John Gruden. I like Gruden. He's you like the colors. He's a grinder. You're a big fan of the Mexican people who are no fool. dire, diehard Raiders fans. And I will say, man, that stadium, and I just drove by it a couple weeks ago again. That thing looks awesome. Yeah. When, you, when you drive on the 15 and it's right on the other side of the 15, across, and there's Mandalay Bay on one side and there's the highway and there's what they're calling. You know what they're calling it? The Death Star. I, and I love that name, the Death Star. Yeah. This, 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 the Death Star is gray, but, you know, it's fine. Oh, don't be that guy. What do you mean? You're like, well, the Death Star is gray technically. And it was, but then they made the big blackout stadium. Like I, it just seemed like the black hole was. What would be a better just, one? The Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying. Like, I get that the black hole was in Oakland, but it's like the new black hole or something. I don't know. Yeah, the Death Star. It's fine. I like it. I'm excited to go to a game there when fans are allowed. Yeah, me too. As soon as fans are allowed there and it's safe, I'll be there. I'm not going to Justin Turner kiss a bunch of people on the mouth while I'm there, but, you know, I'll go and, and socially distance and watch a Raiders game. <laughs> he, he's, he's become the poster I'm not, child. I'm not, I'm not going to go with cancer patients, but, you know. But what about people who are HIV but not technically HIV anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I bet Magic is Magic just got to feel like he's playing with house money, right? Magic's right. like, yo, dude, I survived HIV. I had sex with every woman, dude, whoever around the 80s. Yeah. I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned about COVID. I survived HIV. He's like, I'm alive. Arsenio's alive. This shit's all hoax. <laughs> all right. The Colts and the Lions. This, is, this will be a good game. Detroit is uh, dogs. Interesting. At home. Detroit's two and a half dogs. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they should be. Uh, Colts, strong defense. Again, 
Uh, playing indoors, maybe that helps with uh, Philip Rivers' arm situation. Are the are the Colts coming off a bye? They didn't play last week, correct? They are. Yeah. Uh, I, I I'm I'm doing the same thing I did in this game as I did in the Browns game. Like the idea that the Lions, you know, they they come back. They have a big win last week against Atlanta. The idea that they put two in a row together, like. I bet you I bet you in the history of the NFL, if you bet the Lions and the Browns to lose following every win in their history, I bet you you'd be a millionaire. That's an interesting look. I'm gonna go with the Colts. I'm gonna go with the Lions. Free Matt Stafford, by the way. Are you are you are you willing to say now on record what I've been saying? Like Phil Rivers just doesn't have it, man. I, I've said this. I've said this before about Philip Rivers, and I'll say it again. Like Philip Rivers, the arm thing is one thing. I just think he's the anti-clutch. I, I'm on. I'm on board with Philip Rivers as the anti-clutch from the, the day he stepped into the league. You're not willing to say he's got a noodle arm, though. But here's my thing with Philip Rivers and a noodle arm is like, when was Philip Rivers' arm great? Philip Rivers looks like he's out there playing darts. Yeah. Like it's not like it's not like we're like, oh, Philip Rivers has lost his fastball. Philip Rivers was Jamie Moyer. Like, I don't know if he had a fastball in the Jamie first place. Jamie Moyer. You know? That's like great reference. Like, Jamie, Jamie Moyer pitched till he was what, like 45? Yeah, like 49 or something like that. Some ludicrous number. Like Philip Rivers, and also if you look at the interceptions and even in the last two years this year and last year full of rivers they're all reckless throws yeah they're like what were you doing what were you looking at like the again i don't think he's got dementia (laughs) you know what i mean sure i I just think he's i just think it's like the anti-clutch and and yeah he probably lost a little bit and now is trying to make the throws that he maybe used to be able to make, but like, I, I don't think his body is, I don't think this is solely a physical thing. I think it's a, a mind body connection here. Mm, going with the old Dr. John Sarno mind body connection. Philip Rivers thinks he's younger than he once was. And he had a noodle arm to begin with. His sperm game is as viral as ever, man. Guy is busting out kids. All right, this next game is an interesting spread for me. The Vikings travel to Green Bay. Packers are only six-and-a-half-point favorites. I know it's a division game. The Packers are 5-1 and one against the spread this year. The Vikings, on the other hand, Joe, are, oh, they're 3-3 three and three against the spread. I'm going to go with the Packers in this. This is a tough one. I, I actually think when you said it's only I, – I, I think that that was – I think it's maybe even a little high. What like did I say? Six and a half, right? Yeah, yeah it's you six said, and a half. You said, you said it's only six and a half. Um, I'm going to go with the Packers just because, like, the, the Vikings give me no confidence that they're, like, sorting it out. Um, six and a half seems to me in a division game to be a little high. Where is it? It's in – It's in Green Bay. 
Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go with the Packers. I'm not going to bet this game. I'll stay away from this game. But uh, this could have a backdoor cover on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I actually I think it could be a good game. I think the Packers will win. But like, as far as a pick goes, I'm not going to pick the Vikings when I just don't have any confidence in them whatsoever. Well, this next spread is one of the. By the way, Mike Zimmer loved loved the move of taking out Blake Snell. He loved it. <laughs> this next game is one of the largest spreads I've seen in recent memory. 19 and a half. The Jets are dogs in Kansas City. Just enjoy the stacks of money you'll make betting against the Jets. 19 and a half? Any team besides the Chiefs, I say bet 19. I say bet 19 in every game except this game. Le'Veon Bell revenge game in Kansas City. The Jets are so bad that, I mean, when you talk about 19, three touchdowns, when you're talking about an offense like the Chiefs and a defense like the Jets, could legitimately be three minutes of football. Yeah or no? Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. We'll go with the Jets just to mix things up a little. We're picking too many of the same games. All right, moving right along. The Steelers – I'm sorry. I jumped ahead. Rams-Dolphins. This game will be in Miami. Tua. Tua time, baby. Give me the Rams. What's the spread? Three and a half. I'm I'm going Rams all the way in this one. I'm going Rams. I just – look, this could go one of two ways. Tua's the next great Miami quarterback, and we get this one wrong. But game one against a good defense that looks pretty good on Monday night that is trying to stay in the division. West to east is tough, but I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, I agree. Does Ryan Fitzpatrick take a snap in this football game? Ooh, that's a great – that'd be a great question for Combos on Stakes app. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I like it. Bro, Aaron Donald is a man child. I'm just saying, like, the Rams, if they play how they can play defensively, it's not even their that's offense. Good. Also, are the Rams undefeated since you left Los Angeles? <laughs> No, they got waxed by the 49ers. Ah. Yeah. Did you like my little back and forth about the Jared Goff tweets on Dirty Sports? Uh, yeah, I did. It's, I it's, mean, I, the, the funny thing is, like, we did this a couple years ago with somebody. I forget, I forget what shitty Denver quarterback it was that, like, Overthrew some guy by 20 yards, and they were like, how are you blaming him? Was it Simeon? Yeah, it might have been. It's like, how are you blaming this on Simeon? It's like, dude, even if the guy stopped running, he missed it by 40 yards. And now, I mean, the yeah, Jared Goff, he's just not – he's not that guy. Well, he's not, and you and I have said – I have to plug in my computer really quick, but keep – continue. Yeah, go for it. You know, and I want to reiterate as far as Jared Goff, guys – 
I've never said, Joe's never said, we never said he's shitty. We never said he's bad. We said he's a medium pizza. We said he's a medium pizza. Oh, motherfucker. Now we have a blank screen with Joe. Uh, it's all right. My computer just yeah. fell. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, well, that's exciting. Uh, yeah, Jared Goff, he's a medium pizza. He, he's, he's average. He, he's a five. It's a five out of ten. He's a, Hold on. He's a, he's a cheeseburger without any extra dressings on it. You're not getting the sauces. You're not getting the pickles, the tomato, the lettuce. You're just getting the cheese. <laughs> that's what Jared Goff is. He's a plain cheeseburger. He's what my nephew orders because he's eight years old. I don't want all that stuff on it. <laughs> he's what my nephew orders. Jared Goff is a bowl of pasta and butter because my nephew refuses to eat tomato sauce. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's what he is. I'm not trying to knock the guy. You know, can he make the throws at times that he should? Yeah. Is he going to make spectacular throws? No. I mean, Jared Goff is what he is. Yeah. And all those things that I overpaid. Just, and that's what I was just going to say. All those things, all I'm saying is that he's overpaid. Yeah. But he's got a team around him, and I think they win and cover this game. All right. This is going to be a good one, Joe. Steelers, Ravens. In Baltimore, Ravens are four point favorites. Wow. Too that seems high, right? It's a reckless, reckless spread right there. Wow. I, I was getting ready to pick the Ravens because, I mean, I, I've certainly um, underestimated the Steelers so far this year. Can own that. Um, I was ready for it to be a one-point game in either direction, basically a pick them. Uh, four seems too high to me. I'm going to take the Steelers. Yeah. All right, on to the later games. The Chargers travel to Denver – where they are three-point favorites. Chargers, man. Um, Chargers looked good last week. I'll take the Chargers. Denver looked, you know, fine defensively. Ah, it's tough. I'm going to go tough. Denver. It, it is in Denver. I'll, t- yeah. I'll stick with the Chargers just to be different from you. That's a stay-away game for me, though. Yeah, stay away from that one. I'll, ha- I'll, have, I'll have my picks this week because I, I, I like a couple of these lines. All right, the Saints travel to Chicago where they are four-and-a-half-point favorites. The Bears' offense is just just not, not fun to watch. Four-and-a-half points outside in late October in Chicago? I'm Bears. going Bears. I'm going yeah. Bears as well. All right. My boy now, do, missed – go are, ahead. Are, we won't be able to play calls this week, correct? Yeah, because we can't – well, here's the thing, guys. I want to play calls. I've been wanting to play calls. We've got some great calls. The problem is when you share screen, I can't be having people's phone numbers on the screen. I just there, is a, there is a method. Uh, I'm thinking of running this through like some sort of uh, mixer. And if anybody is uh, tech savvy, slide into our DMs, um, how we could potentially do this uh, if, you're, if you're a Zoom nerd. But uh, why I asked Andy is we did get some sort of mic Michael Thomas update via call? Is that yeah. correct? Like, is yeah, there something yeah. that we missed? Well. Or is we, this some sort of insider news? No, it, it, was, it was said on the uh, Ryan Rossillo podcast, one of the dirtballs okay. who listened to that. It was, uh, God, what was the call? I guess, I guess Michael Thomas is, his Twitter handle is Can't Guard Mike. 
Right. And he was saying, uh, oh, God, what did he say? They, they, they mock that in the locker room and they call him something based off his Twitter handle. God, I'm forgetting it. it. I'm sorry. Can't but, find Mike. I mean, yeah, I could, we're not going to be able to hear it. That's what it's saying. fine. I, I just didn't know. I, I saw it on the rundown. I didn't know if somebody was giving us some insight to what the deal was. as opposed but Basically, to, to sum it up, it sounds like the people in the locker room don't like him and he's a diva. Right. Okay. But he was also a wide receiver in the NFL. They're all divas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought it was some, you know, insider info on when, when he could be expected, what's happening, will he ever play football again? Who knows? Yeah. Okay. It's a weird situation to me because you never heard anything about him until recently. Right. Like he got paid. Now he turned into a diva. I don't know. Regardless, I think both of us are going to take Chicago in this game because four and a half is too big. Yeah. All right. The 49ers who are playing some really good football right now travel to Seattle. This is going to be a fun game. The Seahawks are three point favorites at home. My heart is telling me that the Seahawks are starting going to start losing a few games. Like they started five and zero. Like I could see like a two and two or like three and three stretch or something. And is this that game? God, their offense is. I'm sorry, their defense is just so bad. And I think they're. I think they can keep Russ in check better. I'm going to go with the Niners in this game. I am as well. All right. God, this is a bad one. I mean, can we just not get these guys on prime time? Sunday night football is Cowboys at oh, I Eagles. You, I thought you were just going to trash my team. Uh, we got, yeah, we have three, three of the NFC East teams playing in prime time this week. Cowboys, Eagles, what's spread? Nine for the Eagles. Wow. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Who's, start, who's playing quarterback? I don't care. There, is, there, is there a team in NFC East that should be a nine-point favorite over any other team in football, let alone another team in the NFC East? It's a great I'm gonna point. The, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to have to agree with you. It's uh, such a big spread. If the Vegas money line matches that spread – by the way, here's the thing with money lines, guys. When you bet money lines, you got to be prepared to lose more of them than you win, but you make up for that by winning more money than when you lose it. Um, I wouldn't feel super confident in a Cowboys win, but if the money line on that matches the spread, which it doesn't always have, you know, correlate exactly, but if it's as heavy as that spread Plus is. Plus 330 for the Cowboys. That's good value, guys. You tell me. Three, if, if you play this game four times, the Cowboys don't win one of them. I think that's reckless. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Cowboys little, as well. Might sprinkle a little Cowboys money line out there. All right, your Giants are at home against TB12 and the Bucks. You guys are 12-point dogs. Shake, yeah. Shaking your head. 12's a lot, but nah, I'm going to take the Giants. 12's a lot to me, um, but they could easily get blown out in that game. I'm going to take the Bucks. Joe, where are you at with Daniel Jones right now? Um, 
where I'm at with Daniel Jones, and it's not going to be help. You know what? Sorry, I'm going to switch my pick to the box. I forgot the entire Giants offensive line has COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Uh, I am where I'm at with Daniel Jones is uh, that he certainly has not shown me without a shadow of a doubt that he is the future of the New York football Giants at quarterback. Uh, I also think it's unfair to him, given the circumstances, to say that he's not. Um, the, I, the question for me with Daniel Jones is, what is the other option right now? Uh, the Giants have one win. There's no sign that the Jets um, win a game. So Trevor Lawrence will be gone. Um, do the to, to me, it seems like the Giants draft, drafting like a Fields and just going another first-round quarterback pick when there's so many other holes in this team, it just seems like it sets up me to have this question asked again three years from now. How do you feel about Justin Fields? Well, I don't know that he's in the future of the Giants quarterback, but, you know, maybe if you had an offensive line, I'd have a better idea of being able to tell if the defense could get off. Like, so it just seems like. Is this his second or third year? This is his third year. Uh, No, this is his second year. Yeah. And um, it just seems to me like it would be unfair to, like, give up on him at quarterback there unless you had a sure thing. Now, flip side of that coin is if the Giants trade for Matthew Stafford in the offseason, sure. If, you know, some other quarterback somewhere becomes available that is – but, like, I, don't, I just don't know who that guy is, you know. Stafford's a great example, a guy who's maybe also in a bad situation. He wants a new look. Yeah. Do I want Daniel Jones to start over Matthew Stafford? No. Or yes, I or, no, I do not want him to start with Matthew. We're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, but the idea of taking like another quarterback to replace him early in the draft, it's like there's just so many holes. Yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a crapshoot so, with these quarterbacks. Yeah, and and Daniel Jones looks great at times, and also, I mean, look that run, uh, the way it ended is like was one, you know tragedy but also you for, for you to fall on an 80 yard run when you have 10 yards between you and the closest defender it can only happen if you sprint away from defenders sure so it's like you know it's tough uh i'm not ready to give up on daniel jones but if if there was a better option out there i'd be fine sending him back to the bench for a year yeah i got gotcha. you yeah well, those are our week eight picks, and that is the episode. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can drop an iTunes review, leave your Twitter Instagram handle. I will follow you back and get koozies out because I promise I will because my stuff arrived this week. There you go, Andy. It's at the local U-Haul near uh, where I'm living, so Yeah. I will start getting some koozies out. So drop an iTunes review with your Twitter, Instagram handle. Uh, you can follow me at Andy Ruther on all social media. Joe Prano. At Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on Venmo, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Joe Prano Takes a Stand is now available on Amazon Prime. Oh, shit. So if you want to watch the video version and you never did it because you were afraid of 
you know, Vimeo on demand, you know, uh, troubles. It is now available on Amazon Prime Video. So you can watch it there. Uh, it's available for free on all the streaming services, music-wise, Apple Music, Spotify, all that. Uh, we're coming up on election day, the four-year window of the Joe Prano takes a stand run. You asked what would I be doing on election day? It's certainly gonna be a lot different than the last one. Uh, so give that a listen, give that a watch and stay tuned for new stuff. Perfect. All right, Turpals, thank you for uh, supporting the show. Uh, I don't care if you vote or not. I will never tell you to vote. So I'm going to say that before we end the show. Don't understand everybody telling everybody to vote. Do what you want. I don't care. That's why I believe in the individual freedom. I don't, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Now, are you voting, Andy? I am. Are you voting in Ohio? I cannot. You can't. You weren't there. So your vote will be a mail-in to California? Correct. It, so you, had to, you had to... So basically you're not voting. <laughs> you had to register uh, October 5th in Ohio, but you also needed Ohio driver's license. So I was not living Got here it. and I did not have a license. So Got it. I, I will be voting absentee for uh, the state of California. Nice. And, and, and if, you, if you treat me well, you might get a vote, Joe. Oh, thanks, Andy. I appreciate <laughs> it. All right, Dirtballs, that's the show. You guys have a great weekend. Much love for all the support. And as always, stay dirty.